1: at LuckyLandSlots.com, available to players in the U.S. excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.
2: Please be advised that this episode features adult themes and discussions of sexual violence. For information on support services for yourself or those around you, head to the links in this episode's description.
3: <laughs> yeah, <you're going. laughs> Overture. Come do, do, do. see Jagged everyone. Um but it, and the, but the, bit, the bit where they're like, Wake up! It's just it's just so cool to watch
2: You're listening to the Theatre Thoughts Podcast. My name's Justin or you can call me Stin. On today's podcast, we have a loaded chat room with three of the cast of the Australian production of Jagged Little Pill. Cast members Aidan, Liam Head and Grace Miles sit down to discuss behind-the-scenes stories from the Australian tour, their favourite moments from the production as well as what's next for them after the tour finishes. You can find all of our behind-the-scenes content by subscribing to our YouTube channel. You can also find all of the latest theatre news, giveaways and reviews by following us on our Instagram at Aus. So you ought to know that it's time to sit back, relax and enjoy this latest outing of the Theatre Thoughts podcast. Welcome everyone to a very unique episode of the Theatre Thoughts Podcast. We are chatting with not one, not two, but three of the amazing cast members of Jagged Little Pill, which is currently playing at the Theatre Royal in Sydney. So I'll introduce them one by one. We'll start with a singer-songwriter who grew up on Australian TV in young talent time, actually. They featured on the 2018 season of The Voice under the mentoring of Joe Jonas, made it all the way to the finals. He has recently collaborated with DJ Tiger Lily and releases his own singles on Spotify and YouTube, and was also in the touring production of *Fangirls* as Harry, and is now playing the role of Phoenix in *Jagged Little Pill*. Please welcome Aiden.
0: Thanks, guys. How good to be
2: here. <laughs> just kind of forgot it was like a podcast for a second. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I so... forgot. I
0: like how you got to <laughs> walk out on stage and it's like a <laughs> hundred thousand people are like, "Thanks, guys. How are you doing tonight?" <laughs> Excellent.
2: Alright, uh, with our next guest, we have a graduate from the Queensland Conservatorium. Jagger Little Pill actually marks his professional debut. Other productions include Legally Blonde, Les Miserables and Greece. He also has his own production company, The Head Bros, for which he writes, directs, and produces for. And he also performed as a dancer in Baz Luhrmann's recent hit film Elvis and is playing the role of the eldest of the Healy children, Nick, in Jagged Little Pill. Please welcome Liam Head. The crowd goes wild. And then last but not least, we have a performer who has performed at Orlando's Disney World with her theatre school and performed on the Enchantment of the Seas cruise ship throughout the US. Her stage experience includes performing for the Starlight Children's Foundation and while studying musical theatre at Centre Stage, she was offered the opportunity to audition for Jagged Little Pill and is now playing the role of Bella in her professional debut. It is Grace Miles.
1: Thank you.
2: Welcome, welcome everyone thanks so much for coming on thank you. thank you so uh we had i was overhearing like your little conversations before but how is it all going well
3: back in sydney it feels like we're kind of home again after starting up in sydney last time uh having a quick holiday with the family to melbourne mm. and now we've come back come back to Sydney. now yeah it feels nice it feels and
2: good what's it like performing at the newly renovated theatre royal because i remember when i uh, Saw so you guys when the first time you're in Sydney. I was like, I was gobsmacked at the
0: theater. It was gorgeous. So, what's it like performing? It's great. Yeah, look, it's really nice. It's really nice. It's like a, it's a lovely space. So, it's it's nice to be able to kind of like, you know, you, you walk up to the front door and it looks all like looks all fancy, smancy and shit. So, like, it's 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 a really nice space to play the show and it fits this show really well. Like, you know, with with the space and the dressing room space and um, yeah, like looking out into the audience, it's just like I don't know. It, it, the energy feels really well in in this space. Um. So, I mean, yeah. I think you just said space six times. (laughs) It's a a lovely space. Um,
1: Uh, Wait, you didn't mention the backstage space Oh,
0: actually, backstage backstage space space
1: is good.
2: Top notch, is it? Uh, Compared compared to
1: to Melbourne. When we were in Melbourne, it was like corridors, like little hallways to fit in, like, all of the props, beds, everything extra. And it was like there were things like dangling from the roof, like chairs and bed frames like dangling from the roof in the theater in Melbourne. But everything in Sydney just sits perfectly side stage. Wow.
3: Okay. The beds had to have the bed like on the side in the wings for it to go through. Like you couldn't just have it sitting there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It was tight. Wow.
1: But in Sydney, however, just roll that baby on.
2: Excellent. Yeah. Gotta love that. I wonder if that's because, I wonder if that's because Sydney doesn't have, like as many theaters as Melbourne or like we only have like well we've got the capital, we've got the state, we've got the now Theatre Royal. Whereas mm-hmm. Melbourne I guess you have a few more and they're maybe a little bit older, I'm not too sure. Yeah,
1: definitely probably a bit yeah, older. Definitely yeah. heritage.
2: Yeah. So let's talk about uh Jagged Little Pill then. It is a well What's the word I was going to say? It's a musical for our times, I suppose. Um, It's one of the first productions outside of Broadway. Obviously, it's comprised of Alanis Morissette's hit music. I guess um, one of my friends explained it as a jukebox musical, but it's not a jukebox musical. And I was like, oh, okay. And when you actually go and see it, it doesn't actually feel like one of those stereotypical jukebox musicals, even though it's all Alanis Morissette's music.
0: Yeah, definitely not. Um, I feel like when people think of jukebox musicals, they think like, oh, you know, it's it's gonna be like one of those. it's, it's not the story doesn't hit very hard. It's a, like maybe it's a comedy or like, you know, <laughs> sorry, just this is a podcast, so people want
2: to
3: understand this. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I need some jazz
2: hands for us, just. So, you know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I just jazz hands, like um, I like I talk with my hands, so it really it just kind of helps me know where I'm going. Like if I do little gestures, so guys, just imagine that I just crossed my legs, both hands out to my sides, shook both of them in <laughs> jazz square style. And, um, <laughs> Yeah, like people, you know, is they, they see a Jupiter's musical and you think it's gonna be maybe a bit of a comedy, a bit of like a you yeah. know, a bit of a bit of a joke show, like you go there for a you know, just just a bit of a laugh.
3: Yeah.
0: Um, whereas Jagged's kind of the opposite, even though all the songs are from an album that is very well known across the world, like it's kind of the opposite. The story, like the story is something people don't expect. It's very hard-hitting, um, very, very current. And it kind of tackles the problems that um, you know, a lot of people have to deal with in today's society. So I think it's um yeah, it's not really what people expect. And most people leave the show saying, Holy, like that is, you know, that is very different to what I was coming here thinking I was going to watch, like when, when you hear an Alanis Morissette musical. So yeah, it's it's not a traditional jukebox is is I think a good way to put it. Yeah, no, I totally
2: agree. And you're right, when you're sitting there and you're watching it, like it does take this turn that even I was sitting there going, Whoa, okay, I did not expect this. And um <laughs> And it's so powerful as well, and and Grace, especially in your role as well, very powerful, emotional, um, heavy hitting role.
1: Yeah, she is.
2: (laughs) Well, actually, this might be the perfect time uh, to just give us a brief rundown of who you're playing in the show.
1: Um, so I play Bella Fox in the show. Bella is friends with Liam's character, Nick. Basically, she's a seventeen-year-old student. She's like one of the like she's a cool girl. Doesn't really like hang out with other girls. She hangs out with the boys. But then something really tragic happens and her story kind of navigates and flows through a lot of the other lead roles storyline as well which I kind of didn't I didn't clock that at first when I was reading the script but Bella's story really influences a lot of what kind of inf- unfolds within the Healy family and it leads to all the explosions and stuff <laughs> but yeah yeah she's she, I think she's a very important and powerful role for lots of young women to see and oh, all women to see, anybody to see, really, because, I don't know, can I explain? Can I go into depth?
2: Yeah, oh, totally up to you, yeah, if you want to go into it, yeah. Should I go into depth? Yeah. Do I go into depth? All right. Okay. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um... <laughs> Well, like Bella is sexually assaulted by someone who she thought was her friend, which is like a really common experience for a lot of young women or a lot of young people. But basically, that's what leads through everyone's story line to MJ Frankie's role—that's where her kind of trigger goes. I don't know what the point was to that, but I was getting, I was getting to something and I forgot. <laughs> No,
2: no, know. And Liam, who do you uh you're playing Nick, so the oldest of the Healy children. Arguably the lead. Yeah, arguably the lead. Oh, uh, yeah, <laughs> <definitely>. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Arguably <laughs> lead. No, here's, here's a
3: fun fact. So after the hallway scene at the start of the show, where Andrew, Bella, and Nick are, are together, uh and I talk about the bell sounded like an Amber alert. I run off stage. I go to my dressing room. I get up my bag of chippies. I get a Zappo. I watch a full episode in Modern Family. And then I go back on stage Afternoon. for, for perfect. The perfect. <laughs> and then I do the same thing in act two. So after entourage, I go downstairs, like, like the, like the very first thing in act two. I'm, I'm on stage, for like half a second. And then I go up 20 minutes and I'm back on stage. Nick is, Nick is a fun character to play. <laughs> uh, no, but he, so Nick is Goody two shoes, um, sings a song called Perfect uh, because uh, throughout his life, he's always just tried to be perfect. He's tried to be the oldest. He's tried to be uh, a spinning image of um, uh, perfection. Everything that his mom and dad, mainly his mom, want from him. Uh, he understands the sacrifices that his dad makes at, uh, in work. Uh, he works long hours, he works tough hours, he never gets to see his family. So he's wanting to capitalize and use all the money that is invested into him. He doesn't want it to go to waste. He's trying to make all these people proud. And so he ends up putting his mum and dads slash the, the, the family's view of him before his own life. Uh, things like going to Harvard. I think Nick actually does want to go to Harvard, but I think he's got, at, at the moment, he's, he's got like a skewed perception. He only wants to go to Harvard because his parents want him to go to Harvard not because he wants to go to Harvard. And all of these things, he's the leader of the swim team, all these leadership positions, he does charity work, cello lessons. Well, this buildup of pressure over his life amounts to Nick ends up, he was at the party where... Bella was sexually assaulted and he has the opportunity to do something, but because he's so interested about saving face, he, well, he has, he has a choice. Does he say something or, or does he not say something? And that's kind of like mixed, big objective. No, well, what's the right word for that struggle obstacle in yeah. in the show. And that's, yeah. In the same way that Grace is saying, it's a great show for young men to see. Like, your mm. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, your, women to see, to, to see Bella's uh, in, in the same way. It's a, it's an awesome show, and I, I really care about specifically uh, young male-identifying people watching this show to see characters like Nick go through the struggle. Because it could be so easy just to just, just to look away. It could be so easy not, because it's easy not to. That's the line in the show. It's so much easier not to. And what goes around never comes, comes around, around
0: to, to you. you. Lovely, thank you. Um, <laughs> I haven't warmed up, I haven't warmed up No, but it's It's not
3: doing anything And it's important that we see the repercussions of that as well
0: Yeah,
2: no, I totally agree I think that's the exact thought that I had watching it Was it is an important role Because it is, it's so easy
1: at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the US, excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Mm-hmm.
2: So, Aiden, you play Phoenix and you play opposite um, Emily.
1: Yes. Uh, Emily
0: Nakomo uh, throughout the show. So tell us a little bit about you. Yeah, I play the character of Phoenix and um, I often say that compared to a lot of the characters in the show, Phoenix is quite a light track in terms of things that he has to go through. Like they lightly touch on some you know problems that he has in his personal life like um you know he's he's got an absent father and um you know his little sister is is sick you know quite quite sick actually like um so he he kind of is the man of the house at 16, like, you know, looking after his sister, doesn't have much of a personal life, kind of keeps to himself, is new in town, you know, the, the new kid. And then when he meets Frankie, he kind of sees like, I don't know, I guess qualities that he doesn't see in a lot of girls that I, I guess he's met in, in moving around a lot. You know, she, she's a bit of a bookworm. She um She's outspoken. She's strong. All these things that, you know, phoenix really really i kind of i guess relates to and um it starts off quite innocent he just likes the vibe of this girl and then as you know time goes on they spend a bit more time together they start hanging out they realize that they actually do have quite a lot in common and there's kind of this weird connection between the two of them that you know neither of them can really explain but they both love the feeling of being together um and i guess the way i see it is it distracts yeah sorry i'm just getting a bit emotional um, <laughs> <laughs> um it just distracts both of them from their own personal struggles whereas you know frankie having her own identity problems at home and Phoenix having his struggles at home. When they're together, they kind of forget about that and they just enjoy each other's company and and lift each other up. There's a really nice um, saying that our director told me when, um, because obviously Frankie is also kind of partner with Joe, who is, you know, incredible. Max McKenna, love them. Um, Joe and Frankie have like a you know connection together and then Frankie meets Phoenix and they have a little spark. So it's really interesting where like, there's a scene where both of us like, you know, kind of on a swing set. And Leah said that the swing set kind of shows that when they're together, they feel like they're flying. They feel like they're, you know, they're, they're just spinning around, they're flying, they're free together. And maybe you know her relationship with Joe might be more grounded, more kind of set in the real world. Whereas with Phoenix, it feels like a fairy tale. It feels like they're just everything else which i try and really think about every night before i go on the swings because it's really easy to just forget and swing around and have fun yeah yeah, i mean i guess (laughs) phoenix is really here to kind of pose a i guess like what did you say like an objective or a a returning point for frankie as well like a choice to make phoenix or phoenix or joe so yeah it's interesting to see how he weaves into her story and weaves into joe's story um (laughs) or neither or neither you know really fun really fun character to play i love him very much and um yeah that's just it to, to keep it long, you know, that's about it. <laughs> keep it very long, that's about <laughs> it.
2: <laughs> you obviously have a stellar cast with Nat Bass and Tim, and then, like you said before, Maggie as well. So, what, what's, how, how do you guys all mesh? Together wet like is there is there things We that, hate each other. You must hate each other. Uh, you have to.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
3: It's horrible. Button heads. Mm.
2: Yeah. Is there any like kind of <laughs> uh, funny like mishaps or things that you guys have done that have just brought you all closer together as a cast? <laughs> Every night where so there's a bit in Wake Up where they see each other off stage
3: in the wings, side stage and looking at each other. And over time it's gotten like like bigger and grander and grander. Like it started <laughs> maybe like doing a floss or something and Tim's like ha that's funny and then next time Tim does like like his dance move yeah yeah, like a dance move like a vogue dance or something (laughs) and then like I remember at Melbourne opening Tim brought in this massive Olaf costume or something. <laughs> it, what, like, it was, no, Elmo. Look,
1: Elmo, 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 Elmo yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. Like massive. So he was wearing Elmo side stage and then Nat tries to one up. Yeah, it's it's funny. That's so incredible. That's, <laughs> oh man. Yeah. yeah.
1: We,
0: have so... we have too many. We have two like there's so many this cast, honestly, we've like <laughs> we've just kind of gotten so close through all of the like Obviously, we put the show on during COVID. So, it, um, you know, there was a spike. A lot of people got COVID. We ended up having to... Oh, no, we didn't close the show because of COVID. The, like, the show ended as we all got it. So then, you know, like, we all isolated over Christmas. We like, COVID. So we've kind of just bonded together through the ca- the absolute, like, chaos of this show that goes on behind the scenes with people off and people hurting themselves. Like, it's very intense. And very demanding. This show, um, physically, mentally, vocally, like the whole shebang. Um, mm. So there's a lot of chaos. Our swings have kind of saved, saved our asses. You know, oh. too many times to count. I like, think,
3: I think, I think Romy was on like eighty percent of shows or something like, like in Melbourne. I think really? she said
1: yesterday. Yesterday was our hundredth show, and I think she said she'd done like seventy.
0: Yeah, yeah, and yeah. she's our swing, like our swing. That's at, wow. Yeah, so just like. Yeah, we we've kind of all just formed this like bond connection that we're all just like so tight. We're all so like, yeah. I <laughs> you just knocked off.
1: We're in tune with each
0: other. Very in tune. Very in tune. I don't think we'd be able to very go on tune. if we weren't as like as connected with each other when we go out onto that stage. Because the amount of times we've had to do things like that, you know, a borderline not unsafe but like unsure. People in different roles. People in roles they've never done before. Mm. Automation not moving. But like we're also. Like this, or the, like the one funny thing that happened in in the first Sydney run in All I Really Want, which is arguably like the most physically demanding show, uh, the most physically demanding number. The automation didn't move, so like the screen didn't move and the platform didn't move. We do this oh, big no. dance number. We're all doing insane choreo around each other. Liam doesn't know what that's like because he's watching modern he's watching Modern Family at this moment. But, <laughs> Too uh,
2: busy off stage. <laughs> yeah,
0: me, me and Grace are like absolutely giving everything on that stage in this number, and the automation didn't move, so we're all like running and doing dancing stuff up on top of the platform, down on the platform, like when we're, we're just on the stage. It
1: was the it was the giving the eyes to each other, yeah. being like what do we do? Is, it gonna, is <laughs> it gonna stop? Is it gonna stop? Is it gonna be a curtain down? I don't know. Okay, just keep, going, just
0: keep going. going so we danced the whole number in the wrong automation, like o- over the top of the little platform and where the table's are <laughs> and the screens that are moving so we're going around the screens and stuff like mm. and we're all just in that moment kind of like clicked and we're like, all right guys, like like same train of thought. It was just unbelievable, and we had some swings on that night too. That you know, so it was just big oh, chaos. And honestly, the moment where all could have gone wrong, and uh, you know, despite the circumstances, nothing went. nothing went wrong post that. So it was like, yeah, we're just very in tune. We're very good at looking after each other. I remember so. this. I remember this one time during Wake Up
3: when the same yeah, kind of screens didn't screen moved, yeah. and oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And no. I was I was on the bed. And it's not my fault, but I was, I was on the bed and. Aiden and Jerome grab the bed and pull it back but the screens were kind of like where the, where the bed was supposed to be and I yeah. remember being on the bed and I turn around and I see the screens and I kind of like look at Aiden out of the corner of my eye
0: and Aiden and I just kind of like look guys we just start like laughing. laughing and then and I'm just looking- like I'm looking at Jerome because the, the slider should be gone but the sliders <laughs> are literally the size of the bed oh. so if, if we <laughs> no move like you know a little too far either way it's like but like you know we've hit like this multi-million dollar piece of technology that's literally, yeah, like yeah. important to the show and everyone we're all just kind of eyeballing each other on stage being like what is happening like how are we going to do this how are we going to do this like chaos like fear and just
1: and then just it it's, an ad- it's such an adrenaline rush though yeah. like as soon as we all get off after something like that happening everyone's just like oh. Whoa, that, that's-, <laughs> that's like
3: theater you know like that, that's why people are coming to watch it live like on stage for because it's happening it's like that TV. yeah and it's exciting and it's that adrenaline yeah. rush for the audience as well.
2: Yeah, exactly. That's why I love theatre. It's just, because it is, it's that adrenaline rush. Like, I, I haven't had anything to the standard of that. But even just in, like, small community theatre shows, you still have mishaps and that. I remember one time, not to, like, feel like I'm, I've done the same thing you have, but, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but we were doing Spamalot and um, oh, we we had to have the knight of <coughs> Who Says Knee uh, on, like, make him really high. We had him on this box uh, with the with his coat over, going over the box. And we had someone behind him pushing him on and off. But one of the wheels <laughs> broke on the box one night and he was standing there going, oh, on oh, the knight who says knee. And, and he's just like <laughs> kind of trying not to fall off it. And then eventually he does <laughs> fall off it. I'm on stage as Sir Robin, just watching this happen in slow motion. He jumps off the box and you see these little sets of legs kicking behind him, (laughs) trying to come over the box and come around the outside and take it off. That's really one of the funniest things. Holy crap. I love that. Have you seen the show? No, it's really funny. I love Spam a lot. It's so funny because I'm a big Monty Python person. so I just love it. it. But bringing it back to, to Jagged Little Pill, there's one number in the show that gets a standing ovation every single night. And when i saw it it happened so i'd i'd love it if you guys could give me your viewpoints on why why maggie gets a standing ovation every single night for you all to know
1: it's the five o'clock number it's like it's when it's like everything is built there's been some really difficult scenes that have kind of happened before that and it's like this big release also they just unleash a weapon in themselves and like throwing their whole body into it it's just I think people's like giving that steady ovation it's just like we commend you for going that hard like the song is so powerful but when you can like when you're watching Max do that as well with their body they're like throwing everything out I think everyone's just like they're really giving it. They're really giving it. And they deserve that. Yeah, but
3: it is—it is, it is like like you're saying before. It is a team effort.
1: Well, it is the effort of everyone as well. Like everyone, all the like ensemble conscience. Oh. They're also like backing mags in that, yeah. and they're just going crazy as well. And even in our rehearsal process. It was nothing set. It was like what, like three set jumps at the very end of the song. Oh, yeah. But otherwise, but the majority of it is just improvised by everyone each night, and it's so cool to watch. I'm like, all of us will sit back, stay backstage. I know Aiden and I were on the same side, yeah. <laughs> and we'll be like, "Yo, are you watching Maria? Yeah. Are you watching this person, this person?" And you just go nuts in the effort, and they all walk off like puffed. Yeah. But it's so fun to watch. And when you just hear them, like, Mags or anyone who's covering Joe's role, letting them rip in that song, it's just, it deserves every standing ovation ever. (laughs) We all all
3: wear it. Like, it's a culmination of of so many things. The second act, uh, especially compared to the first act, is so heavy. And there are so many things that happen, Uh, heaps of tension. There's a wonderful scene with Bella and MJ uh, where they, they kind of confide in each other a little bit and Bella has this realisation that things might not be as rosy as, as they hoped it might be. Uh, and then uh, Nick relives some of the party and then Nick and MJ fight for the first time in literally their entire life. And so there's all this tension building up. So in the rare occasion that um, the person playing Joe doesn't get his standing o it's like we all, we all wear that as well um, because we've, we've all we all have a part to play leading up to that moment of release. And if we don't play it how, how we should, then the audience won't respond in the way that we know they can. Um, right. But, but it's, it's, it's in the same way when they do stand up, like we, we all uh, admire and respect is respect, respect. Respect. What, respect. what, <laughs> uh, what Max, uh, Baze, um, Teo. Uh Jala soon. Jala soon. Most. Yeah, we all respect what they're doing on stage, but we also get to wear a little bit of that as well. And we go, okay, great. We've 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 done our job as um actors and storytellers, and now we're at this point where we've released and now we get the audience to release as well. And we get to step into the final stage of the show.
0: Yeah. You actually managed to get the only three cast members that aren't in that number on your <laughs> podcast. <Yeah. laughs> the only three, like besides Matt and Tim um cast members that aren't a part of the like you know the release number for the audience and yeah and the and kind of every, like the whole cast as well like it's like, they all just say it, it's it's so cool watching them all do it but then it's also like that moment when we me and grace sit side stage and i know we both kind of thinking god i wish i was like i wish i could just stand in the back there do that but they're all just it's yeah. all just freestyle they're all just doing whatever they like you know there's there's a set things like stand here stand there stand there stand there but all of the dance room stuff it's all just freestyle it's all just Release, so it, like even on mm-hmm. Max, uh, like what Joe does, um, whoever's playing Joe, it's nothing set. There's only it's like set, like stand here at this point, stand here at that point, there at that point. But you connect the dots in between. If you want to smack the floor, if you want to do a double backflip, if you know, if you want to slap Frankie in the face, like it's very free. <laughs> like it's just whatever you feel in the moment and like how your show's going. <laughs> if you're having a shit show, you just you can really get that out there. Like it just is so fun for what I can imagine for like the cast and for the audience to be like, finally, like, you know, holy! it's just been building and building and building and frustration. And it's just like, Oh, like, you know, how can you not stand up after that feeling? Like I can only imagine the audience feel the same, like the release, even though they're not a part of like, you know, in the show, they're still a part of it. So like, it must just yeah. be foric when they're like, Oh, finally someone said it like, Oh man, it's
2: and it's such the perfect song as well. Oh yeah. uh, Like the, the perfect song choice. I love it. That's how I feel in the as well. Though, like I get to
3: stand side stage and I watch everyone run on. Yeah, overture. Come see jagged, everyone. And <laughs> um, <laughs> it's the, where, the where they're like, wake
1: up.
3: Oh, it's just it's just so cool to watch the energy.
2: The word is out. The Theatre Thoughts Monthly is here and it's your chance to get exclusive giveaways, podcast episodes, reviews and more direct to your inbox. Don't wait until next month. Get this month's Theatre Thoughts Monthly now. It takes two seconds to sign up. Simply head to the link in this episode's description and select the Theatre Thoughts Monthly option to fill in your details. It's that simple. You'll receive links direct to this month's edition of Charlotte's Cheap Thrills, early access to an exclusive giveaway only for Theatre Thoughts subscribers and the early goss on our next massive star on the podcast. Now, let's get back to today's episode. Is there a part in the show that you each love, like your part that you look forward to every single night? I love Head
0: Over Feet, personally. Like, yeah, it's one of my favourite numbers to play in the show because obviously it's the swing set moment I was talking about earlier where it feels like we're flying and, and all that kind of stuff. It's a bit of a, you know, release for Frankie and Phoenix. So that's one of my favourite moments, Um, like, you know, for, for my character.
3: Obviously, you learn. It's just so euphoric and just nice to re- thing and just have yeah. fun on stage it also like I, I thoroughly enjoy performing but also means like the end of the show and like it's just that for yeah, yeah, like, M- knock, off, on, yeah. can't wait
2: <laughs> knock it. off
3: time yeah no no no. but it's, just, it's like this this yeah you're able to be proud of the work that you've done on stage you're mm-hmm. able just to leave it behind and yeah step into whatever's next so yeah it's nice i like that thought.
2: Tick and grace
1: i reckon mine would be no i think because it's making such a political yeah. point which we love, yeah. mm. but I feel yeah. like that, like it feels very empowering to do at the end of the show, I think. Yeah. Yeah, that was probably one of my favourite
0: ones. With our so. signs and just kind of yell at the audience, like, <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: So after after Jagged, what's, I guess, what's next? What, what do you have on the horizons? Do you guys have anything that you're dying to do or shows that you're like you want to come to australia
1: (laughs) i'm going traveling (laughs) that's That's the first thing i reckon going on a nice holiday and then coming back and doing the good old self-table auditions i reckon Mm.
0: (laughs) love that yeah i got some i'm gonna work on my own music for a while so i feel like i may take a step away from musicals for a little bit just to focus on some original music um, Aiden, no don't say that oh, yeah I'm re- Do sorry it to oh, us, Aiden. I know I'm uh, <laughs> like I know, you never know if things come up they come up obviously I'm going to audition for everything I can but mm. on the forefront is I want to focus on my music like priority number one so I'm looking forward to that streaming now Aiden it's all, all streaming platforms um, all streaming platforms right now uh, <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> I will post that
2: on the bio just so <laughs> you get on there. Too good to me. Uh, I've got
3: something coming out soonish. Something will be will be announced soon, which I'm very excited about.
2: Oh.
3: Yeah, uh, but I can't really talk about it yet. Otherwise, I get in lots of trouble.
2: Um, yes, of course. Uh, what's yeah, the uh, non-disclosure uh, thing, is yeah, it? i got some stuff planned, which is exciting. How very exciting. Well, awesome. Well, I, I'm very conscious that you guys have to run off to a show. So uh, we'll <laughs> wrap it up. Thank you so much, um, all three of you, for jumping on the podcast. So you can catch Aidan, Liam, and Grace at Jagged Little Pill, which plays in Sydney. Thanks again. Thank you. You. Thank Thank you for having us. Appreciate it. Thanks, mate. A massive thank you to Sonia McGill from Lucky Star Media for helping to organise today's episode. Thank you to our featured guests, Aidan, Liam, and Grace, for joining us on the podcast. You can catch the final week of Jagged Little Pill at the Sydney Theatre Royal, which finishes its tour on Sunday, the 14th of August. You can find out more about each of our guests by heading to the link in our bio or by heading to our dedicated podcast website. Head to theatrethoughtsaus.online now or follow the link in this episode's description. That's it for another episode of the Theatre Thoughts podcast. If you have a production you're wanting to promote, have a thought on theatre you wish to highlight, or feel like you can bring diverse and insightful conversation to the podcast, why not come on as a Theatre Thoughts co-host? We're looking for new and exciting people to come and feature in future podcasts and talk with our amazing guests. Contact our team now at theatrethoughtsteam at outlook.com or by hitting us up on our socials. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time here on the Theatre Thoughts Podcast.